0: Welcome to the Women of TBC Podcast. You'll hear content from women's Bible studies and other women's events. For more information, visit templebiblechurch.org. Hi, this is one of the most successful advertising campaigns of all time. Do we all know the name of this company? Nike, absolutely, that name and this image was very strategic. The word Nike comes from the Greek word Nikeo, which means to conquer, to overcome, to prevail, to get the victory. And the swoosh, you may not know, was intended to represent the wing of the Greek goddess Nike, who personified victory. So with all of that in mind, what do you think their slogan means? Just do what? Win. Win by wearing a shoe that will make you fly like a god. (laughs) Now apparently, friends, this has worked on us because Nike netted nearly $52 billion in worldwide revenue last year. Well, John uses the very same word, Nike, Four times in our text today. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, he says that we don't win by being like a God, but by being born again of the only true God. And then in verses 4 and 5, the victors aren't the ones who just do it, but those who believe by faith that Jesus is the Son of God. So let's ask three Nike questions of our text this morning. What problem do we need to overcome? Who are the overcomers? And finally, how do we know that we have overcome? So let's start with the problem. I want you to open your Bibles. My clicker is not working. Emily, can you advance, please? Let's start with the problem. 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. I want you to read along with me. So at first glance, you might think, okay, as children of God, all we need to do is to love God and keep all of his commandments. Surely we can just do it, right? Wrong. The whole of the Bible story has shown us just how incapable we are of doing this on our own. It all started back in Genesis chapter 3, where we read the record of the fall of mankind, Remember, neither Adam nor Eve really believed the goodness of God's commands. They doubted that God really had their best interests in mind, so they ate fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and life has never been the same. From that point on, we became full of shame, attempting to hide from God and hide from one another. We became selfish, unable to love one another without clamoring for power or trying to get ahead. What's in it for me became our mantra. Sin became our very great burden. Romans three twenty three says, can you advance please, Emily? For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's all of us in this room today. John has already described this broken, sinful world back in 1 John chapter 2 when he told us not to love the world or the things in it. He said in verses 16 and 17, "For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world, and the world is passing away along with its desires." Friends, only one person could heal what was broken in us and free us from this heavy burden of sin. Only Jesus, anointed of God, could bear the penalty of death that our sin deserved. Only God the Son could give us his mind, his Holy Spirit, to enable us to love God and love others and obey God's commands without trying to get anything for ourselves. He's the one who said to us in Matthew eleven, twenty-eight to thirty. Can you advance that one, please? Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, because I am lowly and gentle in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Now, could it really be that simple? John says that it is. It's simple, but it's not easy. We know that God's commands are very counterintuitive and even hard to follow, but they are no longer burdensome. We obey them out of gratitude and love because even when we were enemies, Jesus laid down his life for us. So yes, it's hard to love our enemies and to pray for those who persecute us. It's hard to forgive 70 times 7 times 7 times 7 times. It's hard to choose joy in the midst of pain and heartbreak. But Jesus went first, and he showed us the way. He walks with us. He said that he lives to make intercession for us. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. According to verse 1 that we just read, everyone who comes to Jesus and believes that he is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. So together as children of God, we overcome the world. So let's see what John says about the overcomers in verses 4 and 5. Let's read that together. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So who are the overcomers here? Well, first of all, he says everyone born of God overcomes the world. Now, being born of God was a concept that John loved to talk about. You may remember a story that he told back in his gospel about an encounter that Jesus had with a Pharisee named Nicodemus. Jesus told him in John chapter 3, verse 3, Truly I say to you, Nicodemus, unless one is born again, and then in verse 5 he said, born again of water and of spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And so like Nicodemus, I think we look at that text and we say, how in the world is that possible? Are we literally going to be born again a second time? And we know the answer is, of course not. But if you think about it, what Jesus said is even more miraculous than if we could go back into our mother's womb a second time. Because what Jesus is doing, he's inviting us to die to ourself, And he says, when we do that, Jesus is going to take up residence. Remember, he's going to make his home inside of us through the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit makes us into a new spiritual person made to be just like God in righteousness and holiness. So we are born of God. It's as if we share God's DNA. We are his. We are like him. And then it says in verse 5 that the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God overcomes the world. So just before Jesus died and rose again, he said in John 16, maybe you read this at your table this morning. Jesus said, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In this world, you're going to have tribulation or trouble, but take heart I have overcome the world. So we overcome by putting our trust in the one who has already overcome, putting the full weight of our faith in this Jesus, the Son of God. So it's this faith, John says in verse 4, click the next one, please, that John says it's the victory. So what does this faith look like? Well, it's not just saying out loud that you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, but that is a part of it. It's not just recognizing that you're a sinner and that you need the blood of Jesus to save you, but that's a part of it. It's not just turning from your sin and claiming the righteousness that Jesus offers you through his Holy Spirit, but that's a part of it. It's not just identifying with Jesus' death and burial and resurrection in your own water baptism, but that's a part of it. It's not just being led and transformed by the Holy Spirit, but that's a part of it. You see, all of these things are part of the process of faith that you live into over the course of your life. Next slide, please. You see, the assurance of my salvation comes not from the fact that I did trust Christ, but that I am trusting Christ for my salvation every single day. We are all works in progress. We wrestle with sin, but we believe God when he says that sin no longer has power over us. I love how Jen Wilkin has described this process several times in her teaching videos. I put this quote on your handout. She says, as we grow in faith, we still sin, but we become quicker to repent and slower to repeat. Isn't that a great thought? We trust Christ every single day, and we are open to the conviction of his spirit so that we recognize our sin, and we are very quick to turn away from it. And then we live in Christ's forgiveness and love every single day, so that we are slower to repeat that same sin the next time so little by little this process is the victorious faith that overcomes the world so next slide how do we know or how can we be sure that we have overcome in christ john needs to convince his audience in this letter that what he is saying about Jesus is absolutely true and what the Gnostics are saying against him is absolutely false. And John knows that his audience is very familiar with the Old Testament law. In Deuteronomy 19, it says, One witness alone cannot establish the truth. A fact must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. And so John gives them that very thing. Next slide. Three credible witnesses. So let's look at them together in verses six through 10. This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify the Spirit, and the water, and the blood, and these three agree. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is far greater, and this is the testimony of God that he has borne concerning his son. Whoever believes in the son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his son. So John tells us here that these three witnesses all agree, the water and the blood and the Spirit. They testify or speak to the truth about what is being said. Isaiah said in Isaiah 59, verse 12, that our sin testifies against us. But John says that the water and the blood and the Spirit Testify about Jesus, who he is, and what he has done to give us a new identity in him. Click one time for me, Emily. So first, the water and the blood together. They attest to Jesus' both his humanity and his deity. First, they attest to his humanity. Jesus was born through a physical birth canal by water or amniotic fluid and blood And then he died a very physical death on a cruel cross. And when his side was pierced with a spear in John 19 34, it says, both blood and water flowed from his side. He was truly in the flesh, a human being. But these two things, the water and the blood, they also attest to his deity. Remember, Jesus was baptized. In water. And in that moment, something miraculous happened. The Spirit of God descended like a dove upon him, coming down from heaven. And then an audible voice that everyone heard. It's, a, it's recorded in three different gospels. An audible voice from the Father saying, this is my beloved Son. I take great delight in him, or with him I am well pleased. The water attested to his deity. And then the blood of attested to this as well. He bled profusely on a Roman cross, and there was a Roman centurion who witnessed his brutal death on that cross, and he saw some miraculous things happen after Jesus died. And it's the Roman centurion that said out loud for everyone to hear, surely this was in fact the Son of God. So these two things have attested to his humanity and to his deity. Secondly, the blood we know is the objective basis of atonement for the sin of the world. John already told us this back in chapter 1. Remember John, 1 John 1, verse 7, he said, But if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us continually in the Greek from all sin. Paul finished that thought that we that we thought about earlier in Romans chapter 3, he finishes that thought beautifully in verses 23 to 25, when he says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. And then finally, The Spirit—click one more time—the Spirit confirms Jesus' life, his death, and his resurrection. It's amazing if you think about it. The Spirit was involved at Jesus' conception. He was involved at his baptism and his temptation in the wilderness. Throughout his ministry, Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power to do the works of healing and miracles. This is the same Spirit who God tells us applies atonement to our lives as believers, the Spirit who transfers Christ's righteousness to our heart. He writes God's law there on our hearts so that we have the desire to obey it and the power to overcome temptation and sin. I love how Paul said it in Romans 8, 10 and 11. He said, but if Christ is in you, although your body is dead because of sin the spirit is life because of righteousness if the spirit of him who raised jesus from the dead dwells in you he who raised christ jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you so john reminds us that this testimony of god by the water and the blood and the spirit is greater than any human testimony, even his own. So he was saying it, but he said, there's something greater that affirms it, the spirit and the water and the blood. And then he says, you don't have to wonder if this is true. You know it is. He says in verse 10, the one who believes in the son of God has this testimony inside of them. Isn't that amazing? Do you realize that you have been washed by Jesus' blood You have been baptized by the Holy Spirit and with water. You have encountered all of these elements. They are in you. The testimony is true. So as we conclude today, what is this testimony? Next slide. What is this testimony that is inside of us? John finishes out the thought in verses 11 and 12. He says, and this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. So John is telling us here that the one who has the Son wears the Nike swoosh. Next slide. You are a victor. I think we should all do this. Let's just do it for a minute. We are a victor. We are a conqueror now and forevermore, no matter what consequences we face. But on the flip side, he says, the one who does not have the son is the ultimate loser forever. Jesus said there's only one way to victory, and it's through him. So just do it is a great slogan to sell shoes But it's not John's Nike message. He compels us, next slide, to trust Jesus and to be added to the winning team. Isn't that amazing? Jesus invites us to be part of his very body. He's the head. He's our team captain. He's the pioneer of our faith. And he wants us to fight these battles with sin and with disease and with death on this side of heaven together, knowing that he has already overcome them all. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9 that just like Nike athletes training to win a prize, this journey is going to require some discipline on our parts. That's why we are called disciples. And as disciples, we all train as a team. We read the word together just like we have done here today. We allow the spirit to speak to us through it. We challenge and hold one another accountable to how the Spirit and the Word are convicting and changing us. Jesus' commands are not burdensome because we share them together in him. Well, overcoming doesn't always look like winning in a Nike commercial, does it? It looks like facing the troubles of this world with courage and with hope. This has been really personal to me, this semester, uh, many of you know that I struggle with depression and anxiety, but you may not know how difficult these struggles have been for me this semester. I've been especially sad. I've been especially overwhelmed over and over again, and I keep struggling with these triggers that I know that I know set me off. And they've been spiraling me into negative thoughts and lots and lots of uncontrollable tears. I really thought I had practiced enough to not cry right now. I've been so frustrated with my inability to do the things that I know I need to do to address this problem. But most of all, I'm frustrated that I have to get up here and say this to you all again, wanting so much to project strength to you but knowing that God's power is most evident in my weakness. I've been so thankful that while I've been wrestling with this, that I've been studying 1 John. It's really encouraged me. God's word and his spirit together with you all have brought me so much strength and so much courage. And I've been reminded even this week through my tears that I am, in fact, an overcomer in Christ. So I think that if John were to shoot a Nike commercial, it would look something like Mandisa's Overcomer uh, music video. So we're going to watch it together today. (laughs) In it, you're going to see some people that you might know and recognize who are going through hard times with tears and frustration, but with the confidence that John has told us about today. I love the bridge in this song. I put it in your handout for you. The bridge says this, the same man, the great I am, the one who overcame death is living inside of you. So just hold tight. Fix your eyes on the one who holds your life. There's nothing he can't do. I needed to hear that this week. So I hope that it will encourage you as well. And I really hope the song gets stuck in your head so that you remember today's lesson. So let's let's just sit in our seats. Let's not sing it, let's just watch it. I want you to watch the the images and then I'll pray for us as we conclude.
1: drive-by, T-Mac on the radio, got so much on your mind, nothing's really going right, looking for a ray of hope.
0: together. God, we are so thankful for this promise in your word that we are an overcomer in Christ. Thank you for defeating sin and death, disease once and for all. Thank you for walking through it with us, for not leaving us alone, for placing us in a family to share this burden. Thank you, God, for all the ways that you help us to overcome every single day. By trusting you. Would you help us in our doubt? Would you help us in our unbelief? Would you increase our faith and trust in you together? We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Go with God. Have a great.